When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dave Ninimitz. It's Dave Ninimitz. All right, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Alan Pollard Jr. and Dave Ninimitz of The Athletic are with you on a delightful Wednesday, Bengals off day. Thankfully, Dave, a Bengals off day because six of the last seven, it's been a rather eventful First week, a bit, a bit has happened since we last talked. Uh, a bit has happened indeed. Uh, <laughs> the problem with all of this, Dave, is that weeks, it's it's enough that we have six of the first seven. Like, it's, it's enough that there's always a lot of storylines. And then we got to throw in the Burrow half bomb. Uh, half bomb, half bomb. Is that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it, might, it might catch on i don't know yeah, it might get, we'll try it we'll try it sure. uh sure. you throw in the burrow calf bomb in the middle of this and it's just it's it makes for an, an ugly few days for those of us trying to cover the team but it's slowing down now dramatically actually to a screeching halt yeah i i, I totally get everybody's freak out when the burrow thing happened especially when it's a non-contact thing you know you you, you worry that any number of things could have torn there, but um, it's, it's a little wild being on the media side and everybody's trying to get the first news first. And um, we talked about that of, of trying to get something a little more in depth. Your story over the weekend nailed it. Just kind of looking at the injury itself. And I think in a lot of ways provides a lot of optimism that this isn't the end of the world. Um, just, for, just from your standpoint, you feel like this is, um, this is more, uh, a dark cloud than the appendix was or or was the mystery yes. of the appendix the, <laughs> yeah. the bigger deal you, you're gonna send me into some sort of like ptsd shock if you start talking <laughs> about the appendix month because yeah. that one was significantly when he showed up we were talking so kevin clark from the ringer was in town yesterday and yeah. uh, so we spent a bunch of time just you know bsing about whatever and he was here at the similar time last year during the, the early portion of the appendix sitch. And he was like, <laughs> all he was there the day that Burrow came out on the cart and was like gaunt and couldn't yeah. even walk. He'd like go back to the cart and everybody started talking about he could let's judge his steps to and from the cart. And <laughs> how many pounds has he lost? You talk about the difference in concern level, whereas yeah. this time here's Burrow a couple of days after walking through the locker room. Um, with, I don't know, I'm not here to judge Gates. Like, I don't know what, if he had a limp, didn't have a limp, like he's got the compression sleeve on his, on his right calf, but he's in the locker room walking around fairly normally, like generally normally, like somebody, I mean, it looked very, very normal. It didn't look. It could just be a a very cool strut. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a cool strut. strut. He already has a bit of a cool strut. Yeah. Uh, So I hate to judge. Again, I don't want to be a gate (laughs) judger. Right. No. But I do think it looked normal. He was he was at his locker. He went over to, um, you know, talk to some offensive linemen. He was sitting down talking with them. He walked across. He wasn't hiding. It wasn't like last year where it's like, yeah. Jesus, is that even Joe Burrow? He's so skinny. And he's like got this thing attached to him. The we had to, we had to all figure out what the uh, I forget what. Thankfully, I forget what it was called. One thing I forget. He had the <laughs> thing in the tube thing in him. And we all had to look yeah. up what that was. And he he was like, I was like, it isn't like that. This is there yeah. he is. Looks pretty normal to me. And I think when you have that. There's there's little concern when you see that and anybody you've to really, you know, everybody I've talked to around the building, there's not a lot of concern that, you know, things like week one is an issue. Not at all. 
And you'll yeah. hear, I'm going to get, I'm going to get a lot more into the Burrow situation. We're going to, Mo Egger is going to join us here in a little bit. And we'll talk a lot about some of the ins and outs of what's happened with Burrow there. I'm going to bring you some audio from Brian Callahan in the conversation that I had with him. Um, it was a Friday, Friday or Saturday. David couldn't blend together more at this point, what day it was, but after the <laughs> Burrow injury, uh, to talk to Brian before and before I wrote the story. So, uh, uh, some of that's coming your way a little bit more. Uh, I liked the nuance and some of the ways you could hear him talking about things there. So as far as it goes, several weeks, of course, the diagnosis. You heard that if you listen to the Q&A episode this weekend. Uh, my story is up with all the full details on everything you could possibly want to know about calf injuries. I'm ashamed at how much I now know about the calf muscle at this point <laughs> um, <laughs> after a few days there. Um, there's still uh, no contract, no, no contract, of course. Uh, that is something that will be... Uh, you know, continue to be negotiated. There's this is not going to affect that, but uh, still that's going on in the background as well. Dave, let's tip through some of this other other news and get into some position battles, some promos. We got a few new Dave segments. I'm excited about. I I'm excited, Dave. I I know you are, and <laughs> I you know I'm on a quest right now to not. Obviously, we had you know folks on Twitter they miss Jay. And I take that as a, we're not crazy about the new guy. That's okay. <laughs> I, I don't want to, I'm trying not to be the the cousin Oliver on the Brady Bunch or the scrappy do that comes along that everybody hates the new character. I'm just trying to compliment you, not BJ, but maybe my new segments, I can, I can win a fan or two over. Just don't be Jar Jar Binks, universally that, despised. Exactly. And I think, you know, I teeter on that Jar Jar line. So be, I'll be careful. Be Irv. Not Jar Jar. <laughs> I'll lean into Irv. Lean into Irv. Maybe yeah. that's maybe that's a segment. Hashtag Dave leans into Irv. <laughs> okay. Let's tick through. Let's tick through news. Um, yesterday, Travion Williams goes down uh in practice with an ankle injury. He's uh looks like he's gonna miss a few weeks. Um, it's not doesn't appear to be major. We'll be back. But at the time, you know, they were looking around in that like ankle Achilles area. He just went down, they took him off in the cart pretty immediately certainly concerned there but it looks like it isn't going to be anything super major Travion even tweeting you know everybody calm down I'm gonna be fine I'll be back um still though huge camp for Travion here in the middle of this third down battle I think they're kind of looking like man Travion could you please take this third down job and for this to happen not super timing even if it isn't major yeah your heart goes out to him for that reason he had a chance to really step into that P Ryan role Maybe he still can. It doesn't, you know, it sounds like he'll be back in a reasonable amount of time. But um, you you got to think every day matters for guys in those spots. And I guess we'll see now if Chase Brown's ready to show he can do a number of things. It's yeah. a good opportunity for him. No question. I mean, spot for him. Chris Evans with another chance to kind of show that maybe he could be the guy. Really, anybody else. I mean, it's, it's looking around and saying, anyone? Bueller? Bueller? <laughs> I mean, they're they're looking. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see an ad. I don't know if it would be a high profile ad, like some people probably heard that news and thought instantly went to Fournette or Cream Hunt or any of these guys that are out there. I, I don't think that's off the table in the big picture, but I don't know if this injury is going to necessarily force that. But we'll keep an eye on it for sure. Um, yeah, Trey Hendrickson, uh, lower body minor. He's just sat out for a couple of practices. Really no big deal. They were taking it easy on him anyway, as I wrote today uh, about Joseph Osai. And kind of the, even when Trey was healthy early in camp, man, they were giving a lot of run to Joe and letting him kind of just – it's it's a chance for him to – they don't need to see a lot of Trey Hendrickson. They don't need him fighting Orlando Brown all the time. Like they just wanted to come in. Let's let Osai cook a little bit. He's healthy. They really want to see him, get him a chance to get some reps against Orlando and uh and and see what it looks like and that's looked great by the way uh but so this injury for hendrickson not a super issue um in any regard um cheeto cheeto woozie continues to look fantastic but again they're not putting him in there into the mix he's just running on the side i mean he's doing full speed sprints the length of the field he's doing he's doing mirroring in the background so you know, you'll have a play will be going on. 
And then 50 yards behind it, you look back and there's Cheeto mirroring the DBs, doing the moves, just staying out of it. No need to go put yourself in harm's way, but fully cleared, able to do all that stuff to keep himself in shape. Um, it looks fantastic. So again, arrow pointing way up on Cheetah Bay Awuzie, who, you know, also contract year. Maybe he's considered like he should be a guy who should be talking about extensions. He's still young. Yeah. He's a guy in the same Hendrickson mode. Would he add a year? Would he add? Would he want to be interested in that? If he is having those talks, which I will fully expect his representation to have a conversation there. Um, he definitely doesn't want to be pushing himself out here in the same way that nobody else would uh, this time of year coming off an ACL, all of that. So all of it makes sense. Um, T Higgins, Logan Wilson, full participants, all good. No distractions or worries. I think there was the spook factor was something we had discussed before when Burrow went down of spooking these contract guys to be in like, maybe I should back off. And then all of a sudden T Higgins wasn't participating in team the next day. Uh, non-story there. Uh, everybody seems to be all in. Uh, everything normal, no no distractions in that regard. Um, schedule, Dave. I just sure you want to know what the schedule is going forward, in case you're trying to track when I'm going to be potentially trying to disappear for a few <laughs> hours. It's very hard to do. Even off yeah. days feel busy anymore. Uh, but so the team is is off uh, Saturday, and then you will have. Well, let's see. Today's Wednesday, right? I can't even keep track of days anymore. So Thursday, <laughs> Friday practices off Saturday, Sunday, Monday practices off Tuesday, Wednesday, the big day, Green Bay in town, joint practice day. Always a great one. If if you want to come down and man, the crowds have been packed in there. Um, that's a great day to do it. You'll see so much. You may even see a defensive tackle hit another man with his own health. <laughs> If it goes like the Rams practiced it, I, I don't think there's going to be an Aaron Donald situation I, this year. You know, Matt Schneidman just had a story on Quay Walker, who was a rookie last year for the Packers, who got ejected out of two games last year for shoving people that weren't even in uniform that were on the sideline. So <laughs> Quay is apparently working on some anger management, but you never know. He might swing a helmet. So keep your eye on that. Yeah. Um, and I imagine we'll do something with Matt when he comes through town for those joint practices. It'll be a fun, fun chance to uh, sit down and, and catch up with him after uh, the Bengals and the Packers go at it a little bit. Um, so then, and then obviously preseason opener will be that Friday at home at, uh, at Paycor Stadium, the only home preseason game. So that's what's coming up and everything's sort of tracking towards that. Green Bay joint practice, you know, for the core, the, the like the middle, the center piece of the team here, you know, that's really the biggest day of all of this is that joint practice with the Packers. You're kind of building up towards that big moment for them to go get a bunch of reps and, and practice against somebody else. And then the rest of the preseason will, will kind of play itself out. Still don't expect to see a ton of starters, especially with Burrow not being a part of that now. I think you'll see some a very minor capacity, but not a whole lot. Uh, promos. Uh, Ken Riley getting into the Hall of Fame this weekend. I will have a story up tomorrow on that, on what that's been like for his family. You know, you've heard a lot from his son, Ken Riley II, but I talked to Ken's wife, uh, Barbara, and she, what a fascinating woman she is. And she was so incredibly transparent about what this has been like for her and some of the conversations that her and Ken had over the years. I loved talking to her. So that story will be up tomorrow on her sort of feelings entering this weekend, which is just really hard. It's just really hard. Yeah. There's just no way around it. Like it's so great. It's so hard to not, it's a celebration. It's so great. It's a celebration, but damn it. This is BS that he's not it's here. It's absolutely the definition of bittersweet. I mean, and so many years that he could have been here, you know, yeah. so many years this could have happened. And I just, you look at those 65 interceptions, you look at all the guys around him on the list. And it's crazy to think that it took this long and getting to this, you know, centennial committee and all these things to get him in. I I had uh, written something, I think during our pandemic uh, year that we were just scraping trying to find things to write about as sports <laughs> weren't happening. 
And I did a thing on three records that Cincinnati guys have that will never be broken. And I had him in there as the most interceptions ever for a player playing for just one team in his career. And if you look down the list, it isn't going to happen. I mean, nobody stays on the same team long enough now. Nobody gets 12 interception seasons much anymore. Um, it's really a remarkable career. And I think my favorite part about it is at the end, his final season, he was finally first team all pro. Yeah, All those years, all those great years. And he finally got it with eight interceptions his final season. So, so overdue. And you're right. It's just, it's kind of heartbreaking to read what his wife has to say. And his son's just been amazing like yeah. kind of crusading for this. So it's great that it's happening, but man, just a few years earlier and this guy gets his moment. And, that and I, so I think it's insight into how people grieve. I, I think, you know, his son said, I'm, I'm not letting this name go down without a fight. And that was his way of grieving. And the wife, you know, kind of was in much more in the background, just still kind of, taking it all in internally and, and and almost backed away from it in a lot of ways but ev- everybody handles things differently and so i for for his son i really think this is a special weekend because this has been his thing really since since all of this went down of, of i'm not going to let this name not be remembered and it's going to be remembered immortalized now and so yeah. great. I'm so excited for them. Organizations all going to be up there. They have a big party going on Saturday night in Canton and everything else. It's a big whole all week. There's all kinds of events. The hall does an incredible job with uh, the Chinese and their families. So um, cool weekend up there. If anybody is going, I hope you all have fun and enjoy it. Um, Canton's a pretty uh, mystical place when you start getting into the Hall of Fame. Uh, and if you like Cracker Barrel, they also have a Cracker Barrel if you go around the actual town of Canton. <laughs> And some of those busts, you just, yeah, you wonder, like, why is the bust from Lionel Richie's hello video here? Because <laughs> a lot of them, a lot of them kind of look like that. They do. So, you know, you, not to not win some, bust. lose some. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Busts yeah. are hard. But, you know, we'll, we'll note it. Hey, when, when we both get our busts into the athletic hall of fame, they probably won't look <laughs> like us. It was, we'll look exactly the same. Just two bald right. guys, one with a goatee, one without. Right. We're the balds. We'll be yeah. down in the bald wing of the, the Athletic bald, Hall of Fame. You want to say something? The bald wing of the Athletic Hall of Fame is significant. That's most there's, of the Hall of Fame. There's the Sports Writer Hall of Fame is full of balds. Let me tell you. Yeah. We're out there, yeah. baby. Uh let's see. We've got uh Sandoz QB tiers are out. Always a great read. It's like uh it's like a holiday a little bit. Burrow number two this year. A big jump jumped everybody. Did one dissenter who I know you guys are all pissed at. Who are you? Show yourself. <laughs> 49 people with Burrow in uh, tier one. One dissenter had him in tier two because they claim the definition of tier one is no holes in your game. And they think that he still think he takes too many sacks. There was a, an interesting criticism of him for taking too many sacks is a big part of that. And, 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 I thought that wasn't the area where he took the largest jump last year and kind of extricated that from his game. I think he's willing to take sacks, but he now understands the situations where you should be willing to take sacks. Um, And so that I thought that critique was maybe a little people that hadn't totally paid attention to last year's evolution. And that's fine. Like when you get 50 people around the league, they don't all see everybody. Um, And so I, I didn't necessarily buy into all of that, but it's a such there's such good insight into everybody and beyond just the Burrow stuff. Highly recommend that every single year. Um, Jeff Howe came through town and took a look, sat down with some Bengal people and and talked a little bit and then did a story about uh, the contract situation. Of course, he asked me, he's like, do you mind if I write about this? I go, I have written so much. <laughs> about these contracts if anybody wants to come in with some fresh eyes uh and take a shot at it please have at it so jeff has a story there too if you want to take a look at that um now, if he tries to write about calf injuries we've got a problem that's your thing look don't you step on my calf beat no okay no. this is my beat all right <laughs> i've i've got this thing absolutely uh hammered down um so that's kind of uh where we're at with uh, a bunch of that uh dave i want to start we're gonna start a new segment called editor's note do you and so do you have an 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 editor's note for me it's any something anything from a story that i've written that made you question or an extra or thing that you wanted to know 
Or what do you what do you got? What I think editor's note can be wide open. You, you somewhere I know you mumble things about me when I file a story as you go through I it. Do. And so I think we just need to air the grievances a little bit. It's, it's kind of like bringing the pole out of the crawl space. This is yeah, this is a festivist type moment for us. Um, it's actually something more from Twitter, and I, I want your opinion because I'm not. I haven't been down at camp watching these things in the 200 degree temperatures. We keep hearing about the Jamar Chase Cam Taylor Britt classic battles, but yes. every time I see somebody post a video on this. It's just Jamar smoking Cam Taylor. <laughs> and I want to know from your end, what are you seeing on that? Is this a a youngster just getting just toasted by maybe the best in the league? Or are we seeing an iron sharpening iron and, and he's getting the best of Jamar on some of this? Ham's having his moments. I, I mean it. I mean it. Now, people love to post Jamar smokes dude video. Like that is True. look when whenever you see something happen, this is my favorite. You have all the TVs will be lined up next to it. we're all kind of in our little pen area. And so whenever it's like they'll be taking a breather because it's hot, drinking their water. As soon as Jamar steps up to the line, droop, all the cameras go up, <laughs> right? And everybody zooms in. And so you end up with a lot of like, give me the latest Jamar highlight. Last year I got caught in one of those giving a reaction face to like an absurd Jamar catch on the sideline, given, yeah. given the, like uh, the, Oh my God, I can't believe I just saw that look that became a meme that I wasn't super thrilled with. I had a bit of a fat neck in it. <laughs> you know, you know, when you like turn a certain way, I mean, I've already oh, got yeah. issues. I try try to stretch it out whenever I'm going to sure. be in a good photo, you know, you, you get mm -hmm. caught in a bad angle. Mm -hmm. Fat necked me last year. Oof. You don't want to be fat necked on the internet. Never. No, but it was, it was happening forever. But it was because Jamar Chase was doing that and everybody had to post it because it was ridiculous. People love that. It's just it's what they seek out. Yeah. Cam has had his moments and it's been moments where maybe the throw doesn't go to Jamar, which it usually yeah. does when he's lined up in a one-on-one -on -one situation. Or he had a PBU. He's had multiple PBUs against Jamar. I mean, he has not. it has not been an all else at all. And, and I think a lot of what Cam has talked about has been look like it's after he beats me in a certain way. Sometimes we immediately talk about it or we talk about it after practice and, you know, then, and he'll tell me how to maybe fix that technique to have that not happen as much. And I do. And then the next time make the play and you're seeing, you're seeing it. I had to ask him. He does. He has this thing. He does. He's been doing it for a while and he kind of reaches up and pulls down and it, it it looked sword like to me. I don't know if he was putting the sword in the sheath, <laughs> and and he said no, it's the strap. You strapped him in, so you, it's a seatbelt. But I said, I said, oh. but Cam, you gotta understand, it's very sword like. And yeah. so I don't, I don't want, I don't, I wanted to make sure I was deciphering: is this a sword <laughs> or is this a seatbelt? What 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 is this exactly? I wanted to make sure everybody knew he's not sheathing his sword; he is. Buckling the seatbelt, strapping them in, locking is, them up. Which this I is why you get paid the big bucks. You're, you're digging down deep to find these things out, it's, Dave. When you've been on this beat as long as I have, these are the only things that like matter anymore. Yeah, like you know, yeah. I'm happy to go and and be the calf beat, right? I'm happy to go be on calf beat and do all that stuff. But what really interests me is. Is that a sword or a seatbelt? <laughs> like, what is your re what is that move? I like the cell. I want to know more about the specific. Anybody that has like, I love the Alan George finger wag. I'm kind of obsessed with that. He gave yeah. me intricate details of his finger wag. The favorite way, his favorite way to finger wag. If you remember, this was became pretty famous during preseason last year because George made a bunch of plays in preseason games. Always got up and finger wag like the Kembe Matumbo, even though he's just yeah. an undrafted free agent. I love the the brazenness. He says yeah. he pref he most wants to finger wag if he has a PBU from the ground because he likes the pop up wag. He likes to mm. pop up and finger wag when he does it, which I think I agree is one of the best finger wags if you can pop up. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I learned way more on this question than I thought I would. And I'm really happy about it. I have but... more, but I'm going to save it. Maybe I'm, <laughs> maybe I just do a story on the specifics of players celebrations. Yeah. It would, not bad. Do, it would do unbelievably well. <laughs> that story would do. I, I think 
I want to say, you know, if anyone ever says we don't break news on this podcast, you just did on the sword yeah. versus the seatbelt. Maybe you I maybe it's them. a ranking. People like to rank things. Maybe sure. I rank the Bengals celebrations with an intricate detail from the guy Celebration on tears. each one. Because yeah. BJ Hill would like rock the baby. You had like uh, Hubbard does that like weird double like flex thing yeah. as he pops up the kind of deal. Uh, there's the but maybe that's. There's something here. I think we might have just struck gold a little bit. I think we did. Keep an eye on that. Uh, all right. We're going to. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's go bring in uh, Mo Egger here in a minute, but we're going to talk about Burrow with Mo. So I want to start with this. Uh, I'm going to start with this audio from Brian Callahan for you to listen to, which is a little bit of just some of his thoughts on where hit what camp really feels like and his actual concerns about Joe Burrow missing this time and what it will look. So here's a little bit of my conversation from Friday with Bengals offense coordinator, Brian Callahan. Maybe you'll just never have a chance to have your QB through all of August and like know what that's like to go into week one, but yeah, this is all you've known. So I guess it's not like you're going to show up in week one and feel uncomfortable. No. And it's, <laughs> I mean, you know, not that you want, like I said, not that that's not the way I would draw it up, but yeah, I mean, we've done it now for a couple of years, and Joe, and I do think different than last year, he's not going to be physically drained coming off of the, the rehab, right? This is not a huge deal in the grand scheme of things, yeah, and he's not emaciated and hasn't lifted and hasn't worked out and hasn't continued. like he had to get back into shape on top of the football, so it's very different, yeah. You know, every situation is unique, and this is unique in its own right. We just yeah. don't have them for a period of time here in practice. Yeah, but you got the whole off season yeah. with, with him, you know, going through everything. And it's not like there's a, it's not like you're working in new receivers. No. You know, the advantage of like Burrow and and Boyd and Higgins and Chase could go out there. I haven't not played a down in front of you since Kansas City, and you'd be like, cool, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's the that's the benefit of where we are. I mean, yeah. to be together for as a staff for five years, and T's been here for four, and Joe's been here for four, and Jamar's been here for three, and yeah. Mixon's been here for seven. And, I mean, the guys up front have now accumulated a year under their belts, the new guys. So there's not a lot of stress on my end yeah. about whether or not we're going to get what we need. Yeah. We're going to get what we need. We'll be ready to play football when it's time to play football. All right, that was Bengals offensive coordinator. Brian Callahan talking a little bit about I hope that may I mean I feel like the tone of that is something that I wanted people to hear this was not a I think I feel better this year than the appendix it was very that that's kind of the tone you've gotten talking to everybody is one of this there's just not a lot of concern element about this calf injury as we go forward but it's time to go into all things burrow uh with our good friend and yours mo egger what's up buddy i just love that audio i, know I love you did. the the calm and the reassuring tone but here's the thing okay these guys don't have the history we do okay yeah yeah so when i'm sitting there in a radio studio and you guys are, are tweeting about burrows down here's the cart it's a leg well what do you expect we have history here right no this question. is this is this is the manifestation of of every bad thing that's happened in Cincinnati sports all rolled into one. It's preseason. It's day two, and he's pulled up lame. And so, I, I think I think the folks who maybe don't have the history are going to have to give the rest of us a little bit of a pass for maybe blowing this out of proportion. No, I I mean there is there is no injury that doesn't need to be freaked out about when it comes to number nine. Okay, there's yeah. just there's nothing. That's why I was like, that's why I went into the calf wormhole for 48 hours, because I was like, I want to know anything you could possibly know about this, because that is the only way that this can be approached. It's number nine. Okay, yes, it's, this is it. Everything about his body needs to be analyzed to make sure it's healthy. We are in this day and age 
where no news is shocking, right? I mean, let's let's be honest. There there is there is nothing anymore that shocks you. We we had in in Congress last week basically the uh, the confirmation that there are aliens, and what was the reaction <laughs> like? Eh, that's cool. I mean, think about that. Twenty years ago, if some dudes in Washington like, yeah, we got UFOs, that's huge news. It barely registered. Like I mentioned it to my wife, and she's like. That's cool. Uh, did you get corn on the cob? But <laughs> Joe Burrow, see, that was that was one yeah. of the very, very few things I've seen where I've been I've made an audible gasp. The the noise that I made, I can't spell. It was and and I was like in a commercial break. And so, you know, I mean it was that was shocking and earth shattering and jarring. And it was the one of the the few instances where something happened in real time that it moved me emotionally. Everything else <laughs> happening in the world is so bizarre and screwed up. I'm, I'm just, I'm desensitized to it. But this, this was, it's not even like happening in a game where he got hit and we can watch the replay. I'm looking at you guys taking photos. We don't know what's going on. It was, it was one of the most emotionally jarring, maybe 15 minute stretches of my life. That sounded like, a zookeeper choking a macaw. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just trying to define it. I just want to define it so I know what yeah, it is. I think that, that's what sure. it was. Yeah. Uh, let's beyond the the initial the initial freakout, which is totally understandable. Everything about this was scary as all hell. Um, yeah. So I, I I'm not I'm not diminishing the immediate reaction, but I do think uh, the tone that proceeded in the 48 hours later is the proper one of look let's think about this thing in the big picture this is not some major thing that is unrecoverable if if handled correctly and treated right you won't even remember this happened when it's yeah. you know january when they're playing the chiefs on new year's eve you won't even remember uh you might not even remember it by the end of week 1 uh so unless it becomes some kind of an excuse that gets used again uh, like we did some with the appendix last year. And that's the only, as long as this is handled right and you don't try to come back too early and get too overconfident with it, which is what we've seen and what I you know, kind of detailed in, in my story, that's the only way this becomes an issue. There's no reason to believe this is going to be a, a long-term problem. Yeah, um, this feels, I equated it to, Hopefully this is Jamar Chase not being able to catch a pass in his first preseason. <laughs> yeah. Where when that gets brought up, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Against the Dolphins, he dropped that pass and I left the game because the only thing I wanted to see was Jamar Chase catch a pass. I Hopefully in in six weeks, it's like, oh, yeah. But there's a couple of major differences because folks, you know, they draw the parallel to last year. Joe Burrow looked noticeably different when he finally took the field. Because he had lost weight. I don't yep. think that that's going to be the case. Joe Burrow was also playing behind a basically a brand new offensive line. Now, there obviously is a new guy on the offensive line, and they've got to figure out what's going to happen at right tackle, but that's not the case. I also, even when folks were legitimately handicapping their chances of beating the Browns, maybe with Trevor Simeon or Jake Browning, I was leaning on the continuity, right? You can't talk about how great it is to have continuity and then when continuity could really matter, dismiss it. So, okay, they have a nice runway leading up to week one. If Simeon were to have to play or Jake Browning, they've got great wide receivers, better offensive line, tremendous continuity on uh, on the coaching staff. Oh, and Joe Burrow is going to be there every step of the way to help. So even for some of the more dire um, forecasts, if if that's the right word, I kind of leaned on what we've talked about the Bengals enjoying so much. But, yeah, this feels like, I mean, you're there every day. I said on the radio today's Wednesday on on Monday that I have yet to hear anybody or anything reflect an ominous tone in regard to Joe having to miss the first game against the Browns. So I'm going to assume he's going to play against Cleveland, and I'm going to assume because of just knowing what we know about him, the continuity, the players they have, uh, and the fact that this is not something similar to what he dealt with last year, he's going to have every chance to play great against the Browns in the first game of the season. Now, it's it's worth pointing out, historically, the Browns, I know he finally beat them last year. That's a team that he's had some struggles with, but that's that's kind of a different conversation. 
I think he's going to be fine. And I think he's going to be good to go. It, it, if anything, it, it triggered interesting conversations about contracts and Joe and certain players. And you pointed this out in, I think your first piece uh, after the injury, it, it highlighted his importance to the franchise, the injury yeah. and the reaction to it. Um, Can I nitpick something real quick that I think has gotten glossed over in the like general tone? Yeah. I, I this is an easy hindsight. Okay. And so this isn't me, uh, you know, looking to pick this is and say that they should have done something differently. It was hot. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, a hundred plus heat index. He's got the compression sleeve on his calf. So clearly there was some conversation about ah, a little sore in my calf after yesterday. Again, after all the research I did, the NFL has highlighted pinpointed poured four million dollars into research on lower extremity injuries in days two through five literally that okay that is because they've seen that be such a burden on players throughout the course of whole seasons it is that ramp up period has been a thing in the cba negotiations and in the way that they've handled it that was a two plus hour we were at we were at two hours into practice Mm -hmm. he has a compression sleeve on he didn't, he didn't get reps off. He didn't have sessions that he sat out or took it easy on. They were going hard. I noted on the first practice how intense the first practice was from the jump. Mm-hmm. They were getting after it. Man with soreness, compression sleeve on his calf, 100 heat index, hour two. At the end of hour two. <laughs> like, is any was anybody at any point now he yeah he looked great all day it didn't seem to yeah. be have it can come out of nowhere but like that didn't fit to me I, it felt like in retrospect obviously I'm sure everybody in retrospect says shouldn't there have been a little more restraint here <laughs> but when you see I mean the the sleeve is the indicate it's the scarlet letter on the chest this was a thing that was said yesterday it felt like there should have maybe been some kind of a caution or scaling back if if that if the point of well just put a sleeve on it what what is this this is like uh the old chris rock sketches just put some tussin on it let that tussin sink to the bone boy like i mean it's like what that's on it okay something is going something was there to go a full two hours i in retrospect i hindsight is 2020 thought you know it felt like maybe there should have been a little bit of a limitation that day for Jeff. Yes. Uh, it's easy to say that now. And I, no I don't disagree, but, but this is, this is also the team that, you know, we've wondered, okay, do they have to have, you know, things in maybe a different gear to start training camp relative to the, the relatively light casual vibe that we had last year. It's also what we love about Joe Burrow, right? The, the dude's a gym rat. He wants to practice. He wants to be on the field. He wants to play. He wants the first full normal training camp. And so, yeah, I mean, sure, there, there's a big part of me that's like somebody should have stepped up and gone, all right, it's it's really hot. Our guy's wearing a compression sleeve. Also, he's the most important employee. So let's let's dial things back just a little bit. But, you know, I I struggle. I struggle with really hammering them for that because I'm the guy that's wanted to see them go a little bit a little bit harder at the start of camp. And it's it's kind of what we love about Joe Burrow. The guy's all about ball, right? He, I mean, we've we've talked about that in relation to the the contract not yet being signed. Like he's he's all about ball. This is not going to be a distraction. This isn't going to be an issue. He wants to be on the field. He wants to practice, and that's independent of maybe discomfort, <clears throat> maybe the weather conditions, maybe the length of practice. And so, yeah, I mean, if I could go back in time, I would have blown the whistle an hour into practice. I might not have even I might have told Joe just to stay home. I, I, I but <laughs> but leading up to it, hey, we want him to go hard and we love the fact that Joe's a gym rat. So I I I have a hard time leveling that criticism, but I do think it's a I do think it's a fair observation. Let's talk about the other side of this. And and this is one that I, I want to preface by saying I have zero issue giving Joe Burrow whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Does he want this to own the stadium? Does he want to have everything named after him? Does he does he just want all the money that he can find inside it? Like, just, just take Mike Brown's bank account. I don't care. He right. deserves whatever it is. He has made everything. 
him playing his entire career here is priceless. Okay. Yes. That is that needs to happen. However, if there is one, because there's no because to me there's no doubt. There's there's zero doubt. But if there is one creeping thing that's it, worth a discussion about is look, there has been a lot of injuries. I mean, like I was going through it. He's the operation man. You got to put his face on the little operation game and you can go through and you and you have plenty to pick from. I mean, you've got you've got the pinky, you've got the throat, you've got the ACL, MCL, you got the other knee, you've got the calf, you've got I mean, you've had all of these things that have that have happened. Now, he hasn't missed games because he's like you said, what you love about him loves mm-hmm. ball. He's a baller. He plays through it. I mean, he played through basically his knee being ravaged in the Super Bowl. I mean, you're <laughs> you you talk about a guy he will play through whatever. And you love that about him. So I have no doubt. And I've said that. But if there is anything that you would have a hesitation about, it's like. There is a lot of this stuff now, I, yeah. I think he can be Brady. Uh, the way that he has ch- altered his game over the last year, and we talked about that a little bit with the Sando Tears piece, um, in, in that taking less hit, taking less punishment, you see less and less of that as the season goes on. But you, again, you know, he's not built like Justin Herbert or Carson Palmer. He he, he is overcoming that and admits it. And that, I think this, until it's not a season that is is cleaner multiple seasons that are cleaner from him health wise. Um, it's going to be probably a part of his conversation. No real hesitation to just give all the money, but I do think it is a part of the conversation and worth having a, a you know, a discussion about. Yeah. Th- there were, there were two lines. I was really excited when this happened. I, I was really excited to watch, uh, t- to see who was going to run to the front of two different lines. And the first one was an ESPN writer, who did the uh, here are the, the the possibilities of who the Bengals could bring in at quarterback? Mm. So, so little Andy Dalton, Cam Newton. <laughs> I think Jeff Blake was on it. And it's like <laughs> now they're, they're gonna go sign some guy from the XFL and it, this is gonna be okay. But hey, okay, you got your clicks for the Andy Dalton thing. Cool. Awesome. Nice. So there was that. Also, who was going to run to the front of the line to do the Joe Burrow injury prone? And uh I'd like to congratulate my colleague Austin Elmore for being the first. <laughs> Uh, to go that route. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think in Sando's uh, tears piece, there's a, a, a quote from, I think it's a defensive coach and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this about, he takes a lot of hits. That's a fact. He, he takes a lot of hits that might not necessarily make him injury prone, but it certainly does make him susceptible to more punishment than a quarterback who's not getting hit as much. And there is a history here. And and look, I, I hate injury prone. Although when I, I talk to, you know, uh, orthopedists, uh, I run with orthopedists. When I talk with orthopedists, <laughs> they do acknowledge like there is such a thing as injury prone. He, he's dealt with sort of freaky stuff. He dealt with a, a hit in the context of a football game uh, and an appendectomy, which anybody could have. And then this weird, perhaps heat induced early in training camp calf thing that seems to be not that big of a deal. You take all those things and then you add to it all the hits that he has taken. Sure. You wonder, maybe not so much in the short term, but how how could this catch up to him down the road? And uh what what's it gonna mean for for the for the team and what's it gonna mean for the team that's gonna guarantee him, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars? It's it's there until it's not. It's there until maybe he goes through a first normal training camp, a first normal offseason, and it's there until you watch the Bengals on a weekly basis and stop fretting over the number of hits that he takes because we we've all done that over the course of his first uh, three years. We watch him. We see the punishment that he takes. We see the punishment that at times he invites and we worry either the cumulative effect of all that or an instant where suddenly his career and the trajectory of the franchise uh, changes in, in an absolute second. Those things are there. And what happened last week was a reminder of that. You know what I love most? about this when when something like this happens mm-hmm. is is really what i love most about america right now <laughs> conspiracy theorists oh goodness yes and and i i have a, i have a good conspiracy theory that's floating around here it is mm-hmm. okay joe burrow didn't want the backlash from oh. having a hold in so he has faked this calf injury in order to hold in mm. without the mm-hmm. backlash 
and go in, and he he did a fake hobble up to Mike Brown and Katie Blackburn and said, I'm not touching the field again until my contract is done and you give me what I want to give him some leverage. He's playing chess. We're all playing checkers. Everybody bow down to Burrow, the king. I'm sure you deal with this as a writer, <laughs> um, especially when it comes to like features where you read something and you're like, why didn't I write that? Why didn't I come up with that idea? I, yeah. I deal with this all the time. I, I, I'll i do my show and I'll drive home and Lance will have a topic. And I'm like, man, why didn't I do that? That, that happens on a nightly basis. I'm going through one of those crises right now because why didn't I come up with that? <laughs> why, why why didn't I come up with that inane conspiracy theory? Yes. Why 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 didn't I lead off with that on Friday? What, He's why? like, look, I'll wait to the a really hot practice. I'll wear a compression sleeve. Yeah. You know, and so everybody knows that maybe I had something. I'll do I'll do a hobble, okay, and fall, and I'll go off in the cart, and then and he, and you know what? I don't even care if they think it happened. They won't they won't say anything. I'll brazenly just walk through the locker room a couple of days after that without any issue, and no one will question it. At all. Do we know who's come up with this, or is this just a thing that's being floated? Like, has anybody I might have made it their... up as a joke at one okay, point? Okay, gotcha. Seen it. I've seen okay. it. Okay. Because I, I would like, <laughs> you know, I don't watch those shows on TV where they yell at each other about sports. I just, yeah. eh, not, my, my, not my jam. But uh, on one of those shows, has anybody come up with something similar? And if I the answer is, it. And if the answer is no, the producers of those shows are not doing their job. No, I mean, that's again, what you get I, here. I feel bad for not introducing that myself, and I'm, I'm admitting to you that I might steal it. But yeah, you know, and anymore, it's it's not enough to just take something that happened and wonder, okay, why did that happen, and what what's going to happen next? I guess we have to go down these these uh, these rabbit holes and and come up with things that I, I don't know if they're intended to shock or gather attention. I don't know, but my my mind certainly didn't go there. Mo, there are biological bits of aliens on our earth now okay right. I, i'll and, be damned if i'm not nobody gonna cares this. and okay. no one cares this <laughs> no is cares. i mean i said this to my wife last night and i use colorful language because there's some crazy stuff happening it in should the news. lead every newscast and for i months. said to her things are so effed up in this country i sanitized it for your audience things are so effed up in this country and on this planet that we have a public acknowledgement made by somebody who seems reputable, I think, uh, in front of Congress. We've got alien bits. And folks were just like, yeah, uh, you're going to go see Barbie? I mean, how is this not? I stayed up all night reading about this. I, You know what they need? I, I think we need the United States Alien Bits Museum. I would be yes. in line. Like Are you I would kidding me? fly immediately just to go look at the little shadow box with the alien bits in it. And I would pay. What do you? What do you? What do you want to charge me? Two hundred dollars? Yeah, three hundred dollars to go see the, the most, alien bits. I've always thought like the coolest job in the world would be like curator for the Pro Football Hall of Fame or you know yes. Cooperstown or something. No, I want to be the curator of the Alien Bits Museum. Yes, yes. But think about that. This is we are so desensitized. Nothing shocks us anymore. No. Nothing. You can the, have the, the, you can have one bo shadow box for each bit, right? And I you just, could talk about have someone talking about each one and what they what they seen. As somebody who grew up going to the grocery store with my mom every Thursday, when I would go past the weekly world news and there was, you know, bat boys been found or a shark with <laughs> legs or alien bits have been found, it was always like, holy crap, no, that's not real. Well, if anything ever like that comes out in a legitimate publication, I'm going to lose my mind. And then something did, and we all were just like, eh, whatever, eh, whatever, back page news. Like, what are we doing? How's that not just earth shattering? Dude, just show completely. me, show me a real alien before we're yeah. gonna have a conversation. Okay, <laughs> right. I need full Independence Day, welcome to Earth moment before I'm gonna seriously like care about the fact that there were definitely a, like it's happening. I mean, I was getting new tires. Okay, the more you know, when you like when you go to a place that changes oil or puts on new tires, it's usually one of those courtroom shows or Skip Bayless. Fortunately, or some might say, unfortunately, it was on CNN. Uh, say what you want. You might not like CNN, but CNN's on. And like I got there, and they, they do like 12 different news stories. 
And then at the very end, the anchors are like leafing through papers, and it's like, oh yeah, uh, alien bits. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, Piers Morgan's on next, or something. I mean, it was like, and I'm like sitting in the the tire store, and I'm like, this woman's, and I'm like, did you, did you, you, did you hear that? And she's like, huh, what? I'm like, aliens. And then my tires are ready. How is this? It it is a an indictment against just how screwed up things are in this world. That no this has been acknowledged in a public forum, and we're all just like, "Yeah, man, whatever." You I know, think many many are just hoping the aliens come and kill. I don't know. It, it's, it, but the Burrow thing genuinely shocking. Yes, genuinely no like Whoa! has everyone talking, but alien bits not so much. I got. I was gonna like. I was gonna poke and prod you a little bit about Andre Yoshivash highlights. Um, and Charlie Haven't Jones. Been many. I I I know. But how about I'll save that for this afternoon. Uh, from three to four on ESPN fifteen thirty is our we do our spot. Yeah. We can we can we can talk a little bit about that there because I don't I just let let's just let a- alien bits take us out. Well, you know? I I just very quickly wanted to because the burrow thing happened about four o'clock. I'm on the air, and I want to outline for you and and your your audience the the most helpless feeling maybe I've had in radio because <laughs> uh we carry the the soccer games the FC Cincinnati games right and they're getting ready for a game and. We had on the uh, the Apple TV play-by-play guy. And so Burrow like goes down, and I'm introducing the Apple TV play-by-play guy. Uh, I don't remember his Dre Cordero. And I'm like thinking to myself, nobody wants to hear this right now. Nobody wants to hear me and this soccer announcer. And so the most un- if you really listen critically, the most uncomfortable six minutes of my career was me <laughs> trying to like, all right. Let's do this interview because the guy gave us his time and the folks at Apple are cool to us. And I, I, I don't, I said we were going to do this at the same time Burroughs riding a cart right now. And so <laughs> you could hear the discomfort in my voice. You could hear the awkwardness in the interview as I'm asking questions that I'm clearly not interested in. I'm not listening to the responses. I want to hit the eject button as quickly as possible. And, uh, and it was for me, a remarkable like eight minute stretch where for the first time in my career, I was legitimately doing something that I didn't want to do. And this poor man is gamely giving me these like extended long answers where he's breaking. And I'm like, just give me, give me five, five word answers to these questions. So I can ask my five questions, punt, punt you and start talking about Joe Burrow. (laughs) Uh, I I just, for those who might've been listening during that time who were like, crap, Burrow got hurt. Let's see what they're saying on the home of the Bengals. Wait a minute. He's talking to a soccer announcer. What's going on? <laughs> I, I, I I was feeling the same thing. Nothing against the soccer announcer, nothing against the soccer team. But uh, that when it was Thursday, the most uncomfortable six minutes of my career without question. Well, I'm glad that that, you know what? It could be worse. Okay. You could have some far more uncomfortable six minutes that could be much more damaging to your career. If that's as, if that's as awkward as it gets. I think you're actually in a good place. It's, it wasn't even your fault. It wasn't well, even your I fault. I mean, I could have decided to blow the guy off, but I, I just, you know, somebody but agrees to come on your that. show. Because you're too that. nice of a guy. And I did say, like, at the top, like, hey, uh, Burrow's on a cart. Uh, anyway, switching gears, uh, <laughs> FC Cincinnati <laughs> uh, plays tonight, and here's uh, Dre Cordero. What's up, Dre? Uh, so, anyway, uh, Alien Bits found. Uh, anyway, we're going to say goodbye <laughs> to... Uh, Mo Egger. Mo, it's been a pleasure. I will see you this afternoon over on ESPN 1530. Thanks All right. Great to uh, have Mo on as always. You never know where it's going to go, Dave. You never know where these conversations are going to go. Sometimes they go to alien bits. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think it's a good point. It's I mean, a great I think this, point. I think this is relevant. How are it's we? It's a great point. How are we glossing over this? And even better is it just it, it really magnifies the significance of the Burrow injury. He's right. It's like everybody stopped what they were doing when <laughs> Joe Burrow might be hurt. But good Lord, there's things going on in the world we should be stopping over. But Burrow, like you said, any injury to number nine, that goes That's to it. number one. That's yeah. it. All right. Time for another new segment. It's called Davis. Is this a thing? Do you like yeah, that? I'm, is that a working title? It's a working title because okay, 
you know, these are all new. These are all new. Uh, I feel it's like it's like Letterman's old show. It's like we're doing stupid human tricks and things like that. <laughs> Something will stick. Something, Something will stick. stick. So my is this a thing? Um, I want to preface it with I I think the hype over training camp fights is always overblown. There's very high testosterone dudes on hot days competing for seven and eight figure jobs. It's going to get testy every now and then. But right out of the gate, we had Trey Hendrickson and Orlando Brown scrapping a little bit, uh, got got a little bit of attention. Um, and it seemed like Brown maybe wasn't ready for that. Like, it's just a Trey Hendrickson thing. He's going to show up. He's going to come hard at you. Um, is this a thing we should worry about that Orlando Brown, you know, maybe didn't, wasn't ready for super intensity or anything like that? Or do you think it was just getting acclimated to new surroundings and nothing to see here? And off of that, you know, you can kind of tell us anything you've seen from Brown so far in camp. Yeah. You know, I think uh, it was mostly anyone would have to get acclimated to what it's like to practice against Trey Hendrickson and, and just kind of what that is like. And I, I think that is a hundred percent. Like that was the first rep he'd ever had against this dude. And it's like, Jesus, it's day <laughs> one of camp. What is wrong with this, this crazy man? Uh, I think that's why I think it was. And, and, and Orlando Brown knows any, anything other than hey, like he said, I, I take no shit. And I sit back and I, and I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I was taught from day one. And so when that happens, my, he blacks out and just fights like, and then that's basically yeah. what it was and said that later. And then of course, Trey Hendrickson had all the marks and called himself yeah. a dog on a leash because it came from being pulled back by his teammates. And I, I think that was just a situational deal. That was just all about, look, here's the first uh, moment of getting used to this guy. Cause there really hasn't been, much of any of that since i mean we haven't seen a whole lot i mean that you know getting in people's faces pushes shoves anything like that i mean I, it really hasn't been and orlando brown has been steady i mean i think he's kind of been who you expect him to be he hasn't been perfect he hasn't been flawless uh but he's been more than solid over there i mean you've seen some guys make some nice moves joseph osai had a really nice dip underneath him the other day um, you've seen some guys be able to get around him every now and then, but I mean, he, he's been kind of what I think you expected Orlando to be. And, and I don't, I don't think it's, I think that was more of just a one-off of getting used to what happens with Trey. I think anybody that lines up across from Trey Hendrickson wants to fight him like two snaps in and yeah. just some people think, are used to it and some people aren't. Do you think Trey's the type that if he, if he has a new guy across from him, he's going to he's going to make sure to ramp it up or do you think it's just that's Trey on pretty much every snap? I think it's Trey on pretty much every snap. Um, I mean, again, I think I said this the other day, but like the amount of times that I have seen Trey Hendrickson screaming and pointing at another teammate, like during a practice, uh, I can't even count. Like he's just, (laughs) he's just a lot. He's just kind of a wild one out there. It's part of it's, it's his secret sauce. Like that's how he plays. In games, and what you see when you see him out there during games, getting pulled away or talking to a ref or another player, or, like that's the, he does that in practice too, to a little lesser degree. Thankfully, I think he's kind of toned it down. But I yeah. mean, that's who he is. That's his secret sauce, and he's angry like that. He he plays with an intensity. That's what fuels him, and so that takes some getting used to. And, uh, and I think Orlando did that, but again, since then, I mean, there's been talk, there's always trash talk, but it's all felt more in fun. It hasn't felt destructive, anything that we've seen really since then. And and so if we were looking for some kind, I mean, there was even a question asked yesterday to Zach Taylor about, is this one of the feistiest camps you've ever seen? And Zach Taylor, the king of loquacious answers just was like, no, yeah. And then the silence held over the room because you're so used to him continuing on. It's, no, this has <laughs> not been feisty at all, actually. It's just been very uh, normal. Um, all right. Uh, it's our first edition of Dave. Is this a thing? Potentially. It's exciting. Hashtag working, t- working title. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. After this, you know what? I, I had, a, had a decision that I had, that I made, Dave. And I, don't know yeah. if you're, I don't know if you're ready for this. Um. 
I think Arby's needs to stay. And I have had a discussion about this with Jay, who is going to be a special guest soon. That's right. Oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm drop. I like to drop nuggets into the book. You'll find I like to drop nuggets into the very back of the podcast for the hard cores. <laughs> Those of you that hung through the alien bits and <laughs> through the the choking macaw and through all the other stuff that we did when you thought about hitting the stop button, you did. You were like, really? Is this what I'm here for? I thought this was Bengals talk for all of you. I like to drop little nuggets into the very end. Just for those of you that's that stick around, the real ones, as they say, as Corey Dillon would say, the, you're a real <laughs> one. All right. Well, he'd, uh, he'd include some other language. Yeah, too, yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. Yeah. But he'd also call you a real one. Uh, sure. So, I, I, yeah, I, Jay is going to be when I when we get into our, if we're going to have a lot of guest shows uh, that I'm really excited about. Wild card. It's going to be Paul's wild card shows. I'm very excited about this. Um, but Jay's going to be, and and I'm going to officially on the record on air ask for his permission, but any related Bengals insight extras and stories, otherwise known as Arby's is a great segment that was loved. And Jay loved Arby's and we love Jay. And I think this should stay as an ode to him. I think so. Absolutely. Um, and so, and it's a great way to close out every show and I want to, and I still want to be able to do it now i don't know if you i just sprung this on you so i don't know if you have any stories i have i have a a good arby's this week though do you have anything dave i don't uh i sprung it on you i didn't even give you a chance but yeah uh i have a good one yes so it is hot as hades out there or well certainly was over those first four days right now the setup of training camp if you've been down there um the corner um, the 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 Bengals come in on Marion and Central down near on the river. Everybody else has to go on a little bit the the, the entry to the practice fields that's north, um, mm-hmm. including the media have to go in there. There's a little tent there uh, to kind of monitor anybody that's coming up, and and then there's two main areas. Well, you can the the Bengals media. There's right when you walk in there, you can hang out down there. It's sort of it's it's penned off. Uh, about 20 yards in to the field and then it stops because ownership kind of uses the rest of that area. And then you can go all the way around the outside of the two fields where the fans can go all the way down to kind of near the corner of the, the field um, closest to the stadium. So you have access to really about 75% of the outskirts, but you can't go through that area. You got to go all the way around no matter what. Now, the great people at Bengals Media Relations uh, have a cooler that they put out there full of waters, Gatorades, things like that for the media to have to keep us hydrated. Very important. What's the first lesson everybody's mother or doctor or anybody ever says to you when you got to go work outside on a hot day? Make sure you keep hydrated. (laughs) Got to hydrate. Must hydrate situation, right? Everybody says that. So we're out there on day one. And the cooler has been placed all the way on the farthest corner away from the entrance. So if you're in there, I mean, you got to walk all the way over there just to get to the cooler. And so and so we all stayed down in the in the closest area to the entrance that day, because all the work the Bengals did that day was right in front of there, which many of you have seen the burrow video. He was right there. They were doing everything right there in front of us all day. So the next day I see, I'm talking with Nick Cosgrave, Bengals director of rehab. And I'm sort of just asking him if he has any thoughts on potentially like how to keep me alive out here and and (laughs) from passing out and sweating. And uh, if maybe what bribes would be accepted to move one practice into the indoor facility and pointed out like, it's really hard because uh, we're trying to stay hydrated, but we were all the way on the other side. And he goes, well, I, I can have, they just put the cooler wherever I tell them to, I can put it over there. So you can, the man with this power is willing to do that wow. at the entrance. So excited. So the neck, he says, tomorrow I'll make sure they put it right there by the entrance underneath that tent. Okay, perfect. Love it. The next three days, 
You know where all the Bengals work was done? Right near where the old cooler was. <laughs> and now the cooler is on the other side from where oh. we're, all, we're all sitting there sweating to death the next day. Man, sure would be nice if we had a water. <laughs> and everybody kind of looks at me. And I'm I felt I have had so much guilt over this. Man. I mean, the granted. I'm not asking for a second cooler. I'm not saying <laughs> that we're worth a second cooler. Like we're clearly a low level and, you know, species out there. However, I felt so much guilt in, in being like, Hey guys, I got it moved over there. And now <laughs> for the next three days, we had to all stand out there and sweat and be as far away from the cooler. as That's, you now could possibly be here. You thought you were going to be a hero, a man of the people. Yep. You thought you were going to use your inside connections to help everybody oh, out. And now that. you're like this Don't. antithesis of Bobby Boucher. You are not the water boy. You're you're dehydrating people. So that's rough, man. I, I, I hope nobody turns on you over that or anything. But be careful what you wish for next time. Uh, to quote Taylor Swift, it's me. Hi, <laughs> I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> that's right. Taylor Swift for the people. I'm the anti-hero. Wow. Yeah. Must be exhausting. <laughs> See? Look, I it, look, I went to the concert. All right. Like it's See? it's it's I live in it. I got two little girls. All right. Like this is my life. Just let me have it. You're gonna you end go up there. asking, you're gonna convince them to move one of these practices inside on a hot day, and then they're just gonna turn the heat up in there. They're just <laughs> they're just messing with you, Paul. It's a question. Uh, Dave, appreciate it. As always, this was fun. We're working on some segments. If anybody has any idea for some new Dave segments or new working titles, we are accepting all suggestions, which I'm excited about. But yeah, I like not, I like editor's not, note. I like is this a thing? Uh, any references to any like 90s SNL characters would be fantastic as well. Yeah. And please don't submit. I already miss Jay as a segment. I don't want to see that reason. If I you... miss Jay of the week. <laughs> if you think that that's fine, but we're not doing it as a segment, <laughs> at least not yet. Maybe we'll get desperate and we'll, we'll throw it in there. This weekend ways. Dave isn't Jay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been good. No, Dave, it's been fantastic. I'm, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. We're, uh, we're, we're making it happen. Uh, and so more, more to come your way. Uh, we'll have a, another episode here in a few days as we continue to track through this. And again, in camp, it's hard for us to stay regular, but we'll be back here next Tuesday with their Bengals off day next Tuesday, uh, chiming with another episode. So we'll have that for you, but, uh, with myself, Dave and Mo, uh, but, and always emergencies are always on deck. Live rooms always on deck, uh, possible to hop in an emergency news situation, hop into a live room, post a, post an episode from there, or just drop the emergency pod. Of course, a borough contract certainly would be emergency pod live room worthy, those types of things. So if you think something's emergency worthy, you can always let us know that as well. So thanks right for listening, and uh, we will talk to you next time and hear that podcast growling. Have a good one, everybody. Mm-hmm.